1: enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone.
2: Welcome to Nightlight, everybody. So glad you could join us tonight. It's going to be an exciting show. I want to thank first Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. Uh, He and his wife are Native storytellers, and you can find them on the Internet. They have preserved an age-old tradition of preserving history, cosmology, and wisdom in stories that can be told around the campfires for generations and generations. It's an amazing tradition, so please check him out. He and his wife are spectacular. That's Ken Quiethawk and Native Storytellers. Tonight I have one of the shows that I so look forward to every month. I have with me tonight Mary Joyce, who is the editor of Skyships Over Cashiers. And this is a phenomenal website. Um, I encourage everybody to check it out, but wait till the show's over. And um, she, has, she puts up well-researched phenomena on her website, uh, you, you won't find garbage there for sure. You'll find things that you are, are documented, and that she is thoroughly researched. And um, she's the, the website covers so much, so many different aspects of things that are going on these days that it is a pleasure to look at. Uh, her articles are short. They're the kind of articles that will trigger you into doing more research on your own. She titillates you with material so that you have to read further and her archives go back decades so um you can you can check out the work she's done and see how far she's come with a lot of her material she's an amazing lady and i'm so glad she's here tonight to talk with me welcome to the show mary
0: hi there you always give such nice introductions thank you so much
2: well, I always make sure I have nice people so I can do that.
0: Okay, well, that's a good plan. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> you know, if you have people that are creeps, you know, it's very hard to say nice things about creeps and besides that, you don't really want to spend any any amount of time with them anyhow. Um And I
0: don't think your listeners would expect you to sign one of those up for them to listen to.
2: Nope, you know, there have been times where by accident, I put somebody on the schedule, and then when I get to really speak with them, it's like this just isn't appropriate for the show. And, and basically, the way I say say no thank you to them, That it, I usually just say, your material is just so far above me, I can't do you justice.
0: <laughs> How nice. Well, Anyhow, well, you, and the... I talk, you and I talked earlier about what we might discuss tonight. And we kind yes. of zeroed in on um, the secret base that's built, been built under the Smoky Mountain National Park. And that is the most visited park in the country because it is so close to so many metropolitan areas or larger populations. Uh, I think it has somewhere between two and three times the number of uh, visitors than any of the other national parks. And it's quite large. Wow. It's, it's over. It's over... A half a million uh, acres, so it's uh, you know it kind of blends in the mountains, but it's bigger in many ways than people might guess. The last thing that most people would expect is that our military uh, has built uh, a secret facility beneath that park, and uh, uh, we you know I thought your your listeners might find that somewhat interesting.
2: Well, fascinating. First of all, if it's a secret facility, it's not a secret any longer.
0: Uh, Yeah, but you still, that's true. That's true. But um, uh, anyhow, uh, I was very, very fortunate because there were three people, all who had uh, some military background, uh, who I knew before this construction at the park began. And so I already had reasons to trust the witnesses that were beginning to see things that were very strange going on at the park. And uh, it became noticeable to them in about 2010. I didn't really um, get the whole story until about 2013 where I, when I began to really weave it all together. Uh, it started with this one couple Um, Both of them uh, have a military background, and they were uh, just south of the park, which is uh, also south of Cherokee Reservation. And um, they saw this very strange uh, tractor-trailer with a very odd thing on the back of it. And because of their military background, they said it looked just like a decontamination chamber. Well, the man, who I call Clark, Uh, is is not shy, and he'll have a conversation with anybody. And he went Uh up and started talking to the truck driver, and um, he found out that uh, this truck driver, who happened to be a woman, um, was waiting there with this piece of equipment, and she was waiting for five more trucks to arrive, and also with their escorts. And uh, so the couple just kind of hung around just to see what would happen. And the five other trucks showed up. They had tarps over them that had uh, U.S. Air Force letters on it, on the tarps. And um, uh, they were followed by, um, uh, what do you call it, like security guards that were in white uh, SUVs, were dressed in black, and had guns. So right off the bat, that's really, really unusual. And so at a distance, this couple followed this convoy, and it there's one road that goes between North Carolina and Tennessee right through the park, and this is the route that this this convoy took, and they went past the visitor center, which many people may have actually been to. It's called the uh, um Visitor Center, and just beyond it, there's a campground called Smokemont, and this whole convoy pulled into there. And as soon as they all got through the gate, the gate was shut so nobody else could go through. Um, The woman uh, truck driver that uh, the man had first talked to had said that they were taking equipment to a place where it would be airlifted to someplace else. To this day, we don't know of any kind of a road that will get you to the facility. It's built beneath um, uh, something that's known as Tuga Ridge, which is in the eastern part of the park, the part that most people don't go to, and uh, so after that they began to see things like helicopters, the 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 kinds that um, uh, you know can carry whole, uh, heavy loads. They would see uh, uh, what they call cartons or packages being dropped in the area where this was being built. They saw. Osprey uh, um, helicopters, I think the kind that can hover and go straight up and down. Uh, He even got a a photo of some of them. He got a photo of a cargo plane uh, lifting up from the park that still had its um, cargo uh, door still open, Uh, and it was closing as it was flying out of that place. So that was my first introduction to what was going on there. There's more, but I'll take a breath.
2: Wow. Um, I'm, 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 and this is in Virginia.
0: No, 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 this is in North Carolina.
2: North Carolina. It's,
0: right. There's, uh, anoth- the park- there's another
2: bunker, I think, in Blue Virginia.
0: There's other um, oh. underground facilities, especially in the western part of the country. But when I wrote my uh-huh. book, uh, which regretfully has a long title, it's uh, "Underground Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains." Um, I found witnesses and found evidence myself of a total of five different facilities just here in North Carolina. I wrote the book because people really didn't know too much about this kind of thing happening in this part of the country. Um, it was mostly, uh, you know, west of the Mississippi, where the stories are more dominant about underground facilities. Um, yeah. So well, that's and the reason I, I wrote think the book. If somebody else had already done the subject, I wouldn't have written the book. But I thought, oh my God, this is so, uh, this has not been covered. And so that was my motivation.
2: Well, you know, I think it, it's fascinating that I think it's important that people understand that there are underground Um, facilities, you know, for the military and for the government, certainly not for the general population. And, um, you know, in other countries of the world, um, they have underground facilities for the population, but not the U.S. Um, There's there's that hotel that, that has the secret bunker in it that had facilities for the Senate and for Congress at one point. Yeah, um, you
0: know what, that is so old that it is now opened as a, mu- a museum and you can go have a tour.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which, and they had,
2: they had you signs on it, you know, you know, secret facility beneath, you know, type stuff. But, but I, I think that I, I, the one thing that bothers me is that, you know, these, these, these facilities are definitely out there. And they are definitely preparing for something. And and it, it, it leaves those of us on the surface kind of wondering what are they what are they preparing for? That they are making all of these underground facilities, you know, so extensive and so 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 hidden and, and um And I mean, they
0: are connected many of them are connected. There's there's an underground uh probably an electromagnetic uh, um um Tra- uh, train that uh, connects uh, many parts of the country. Um, I did interview at some point two men who um, had been in the Air Force, um, and they were in command positions, but they got out of the Air Force. But on their own, they were investigating, um, you know, many of these kinds of things, and uh, they confirm what I've gotten from other people and other sources. That there is an underground—I'll just say—an underground rail system that goes yeah. you know, through the Appalachian Mountains.
2: So well, I'm I think going it goes toward Washington D.C. I, I think it goes coast to coast from what I've from oh, yeah, what I've yeah, seen, and, and you know what I've picked absolutely. up. Absolutely. Uh, and and it, it, what what is fascinating is that they're using some sort of machinery that literally melts the rock and then turns it into concrete that that they use to um to to uh, construct the tunnels with so that, Basically, you know, that it, it
0: melts it melts the uh the rock and um in the process of melting i guess it's almost like quick dry, and so the tunnel is formed by what they've melted through it's quite incredible absolutely. i have a picture I have a picture of one of those um underground boring machines uh, in the book and, you know, imagine it, a, a, you know, like a big fat train. That's really what it looks like.
2: And it goes, it, it, it moves quite rapidly. And this is something that's been going on for a very long time because area 51 has, you know, they've talked about the tunnels under area 51 for decades now. So, 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 you know, it does make one wonder, you know, have we made Swiss cheese of the ground beneath us with all these tunnels and everything that are going on? And why? Why is there need for this kind of secrecy and this kind of, um, you know, do they know something we don't know? I mean, this is, and we're not the only country doing this. Um, Russia's doing it. China's doing it. Um, a number of other countries, um, Czechoslovakia I know is doing it. I think it started with World War II, but they've kept the tunnels and everything up and staffed. So it does lead one to wonder, what are they preparing for? Are they preparing for nuclear holocaust, or are they preparing for outside invasion? You know, why is it necessary to do this?
0: Well, nuclear would be at the top of the list, I'm sure.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And hopefully we won't have anybody go nuts and try to do it. Uh, I sometimes question um, uh, the sensibilities of those that are in control. Uh, the the story that I just posted on the 28th, which was yesterday, um, one of them is called A USA Actually Planned to Nuke the Moon. And oh, believe it or that. not, uh, pardon me?
2: I, I saw that post. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, now
0: that's not recent, but it gives you an idea of how the thinking can go absolutely bizarre, because the reason that they came up with that plan um, was because the Russians got the first satellite launched back in the 1957. It was um, the first satellite, uh, and it was yeah. called Sputnik, and anybody who's old enough, can remember what an impact it had on the country. Everybody went nuts. You know, we got to get our school systems better. We got to do this. We can't be second place to Russia. But the military actually seriously entertained nuking the moon to show that we were more powerful. Now, it's very interesting that one of the men um, who actually had a very high job within the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission on his uh, deathbed or shortly before he died, uh, said that, uh, yes, there had been a plan. It even had a, a name called Project uh, A-119, and it was a plan to detonate an atomic weapon on the moon for scientific purposes. But here's the but that's interesting. But the plan was halted by extraterrestrials. So anyhow, wow. that's uh, that's uh, the, the topic of... Uh, the most recent posting on the on the website right now.
2: Well, with with these um, tunnels that, that you know do cross the country all over the place and, and quite possibly um, go across to Europe, I wouldn't it, it wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, it it kind of makes you wonder if there is the thought that perhaps at some point in time humanity will be sent beneath the surface, and if you look. Back in it's in Turkey, I think, where Derinkuyu is. There, there's a 13 sta- uh, 13 layer um, tunnel system in in Derinkuyu, where I think they said it would hold 5,000 people with cattle and everything else for a period of time. So I'm wondering, what's the point of all this? You know, you get all the secret stuff underground, and and then you have you have the um, legends, stories that under the Geysse Plateau there are many tunnels. So I'm wondering how deep do they go so that they can get beneath all of the tunnels that are already there. And it it, it is making Swiss cheese of the the inside of the planet to a certain degree. And, you know, so, so why? I mean, first of all, we know the tunnels are there. I think there are even pictures out there of the tunnel system that is that, that is projected to be there, and it's probably very close to accurate. So, what is the point? I mean, what is the point, really, in in if you can get the president to one of these underground facilities by going into the basement? Why buy, Why why build a a a, uh, a shelter in the in in the underground of the White House? And or well, why? You know why? Why put the president on a plane to fly him someplace when you could put him on a on a transit thing underground and get him there safer and not expose him to the air?
0: Uh, you ask many good questions, but I'm sure <laughs> that a great I'm sure a, a survival under a bad situation is uh, certainly a motivation for for much of it, if not all of it. So. Um, Let's just hope and pray but, we don't have a nuclear war.
2: But what gets but is is that this is just for the military. There is uh, yeah, there is you and I are not are
0: not gonna get in there, that's that's for certain.
2: No, I mean, you know, we still uh, it, When I was teaching school, and and I've been not teaching for a number of years, well, a couple of decades actually, but we used to have those drills where we would have to leave the classroom, we would have to go down into the basement, we'd have to lean against the walls, we'd have to put our, you know, get the kids down on the floor and have them put their heads in their hands between their legs. I mean, this is... This is within the last 20 years. We were still having those kind of drills just in case there was an attack of some sort. Right. Do you mean to tell me that the population, that's our only defense, while, while the Army and the Congress and the Senate and President and all of them guys are, you know, in, in a facility where they're waiting out for the radiation to go down? I mean, you know, frankly, there won't be a country left. So,
0: Well, I think you, know, I, when- you and all your listeners – uh, and uh, me you and i and all your listeners should be um, praying very hard that uh, this does never ha- this never comes to fruition i sincerely hope we never have uh, a nuclear disaster and, uh, well i
2: hope so too but so i that's, think That's, one that's of the important other things, so send out the good thoughts one of the other things that, that is important to realize is that we apparently a huge part of our budget Goes into facilities like this, and when you think of that hotel that the, they put millions, maybe billions, into that is now a museum because it's now antiquated. Are these tunnels going to become the same? Are we are we are we pouring billions of dollars into being prepared for something that doesn't happen? I mean, we buy auto insurance. I'm off. <laughs> yes. But but my auto insurance doesn't cost billions of dollars.
0: True, true.
2: Um, But anyhow, I thought it would be
0: interesting because, you know, another angle of this is just what the people here have run into in the government's effort to keep this all a secret. Um, And some of it's almost laughable. I'll give you an example. At one time there were elk that lived here in the mountains. And they were killed off, died off. Uh, I assume they were killed off. And so a number of years ago, they decided they were going to uh, get elk from out west and you know, start new herds here, and it's been quite successful. And uh, um, then they came up about the time, during the time that they were doing this building stuff, and I became aware of the building about 2010. And from 2010 to 2013, it seemed to be really intense as far as seeing signs of something really quite incredible going on. Anyhow, back to the elk. If you go by the visitor center on the North Carolina side of the mountain or the park, um, there is a herd of elk. You're almost guaranteed to see them uh, every morning and every evening. And then during the daytime, they hang out in the woods. Um, the the people and the traffic and the noise doesn't bother them one bit, yet they established a no-fly zone over the park with the reasoning being that they didn't want to scare the elk. So <laughs> that it, that's laughable in my opinion. Having okay. been by there so many times, having seen all the traffic and the noise and the people, the elk are not bothered at all. So that's just a bogus reason to keep, you know, aerial uh, viewing of what they've been up to or what they are up to. So I found that kind of interesting. Um, I
2: think another, that, that the, government, go ahead. The, the government is so stupid, or they think the population is stupid. I don't know which.
0: Both are true. But,
2: but when... <laughs> when the material about Kincaid's Cave in the Grand Canyon and everything came up, and people started to look for the cave. And uh, are you familiar with Kincaid's Cave? Yes, I am. Okay, so so they they had it, you know, pretty much um, zeroed in on exactly where it was. And when people started to try to go to it or fly to it, because at this point you you have to either rappel down a, a, a stone wall or or whatever. Uh, a no-fly zone was um, established over where it is, and nobody is allowed to go near the, that area because the condors are nesting.
0: Right, and now, that's just as silly as the elk story. I mean, it's just exactly. Silly. And if, yeah. what, see, this is another cover-up that's totally different, you know, be, besides what we're talking about with the underground facilities. Uh, uh-huh.
2: there
0: There is a great effort to keep... Um, our history intact as we've been taught up to this point and that's part of the reason that they don't want people to really know about uh, uh, the infamous cave in in the Grand Canyon Um, they have been they, the infamous they um, has been hiding evidence of um, giants since the 1800's lots of giant skeletons were found it was written up in many, many old newspapers um, around the country, and uh-huh. qu- many times they would call in uh the Smithsonian uh, people because they're supposed to be authorities, and they would take the skeletons and they would be lost forever. There's been a number of books now that have come out about how um, the Smithsonian just you know takes and hides these skeletons. I mean, we even had um two that were now, I'm getting this second-hand. It's from um, anthropology students that graduated from Western Carolina University, which is close to where I live. And uh, they they uh, independently told me that there were two skeletons in the, like, forensic lab, um, and they had six toes and uh, were giants. Uh, then I was at Dunkin' Donuts one day, and I overheard a conversation And I kind of jumped into it. Um, It was uh, another anthropology student, and this is a couple years later, and she told me that, yes, that was true about the skeletons, but that the skeletons, those giant skeletons, and also those of the little people were uh, sent off to the Smithsonian, so they're no longer here, which means we'll probably never see them.
2: Well, and if anybody's interested in giant materials, uh, especially from newspapers, on my website I have hundreds of links to hundreds of newspaper articles um, covering several hundred years um, on my website on the front page. Um, Very good. There are hundreds of them. That's, I mean, that's it's,
0: wonderful to know.
2: Oh yeah, no, there, and and I go back, I go way back. I even have quotes from presidents and from astronauts and stuff like that, uh, on on the website where where it come, when it comes to the giant material, but yeah, I I just it it boggles my mind. I understand that if you give the the general public too much information, they will panic. I got that, and it's true. Well, while, while the majority won't, well the majority will say, huh, that's fascinating, but I knew that already, there's, mm-hmm. there's a, a great deal of the population that would panic, that would, I don't know. You know, we're well, being taken over. People or, who were,
0: there's people so ahead. locked into a very strict uh, interpretation of religion that um, uh, the existence of giants, the existence of ETs, the existence of anything uh, outside the parameters of uh, very narrow Christianity uh, just blows their mind
2: oh absolutely. It
0: absolutely. was probably a mud sentence
2: no but, it, but no, I understood um, oh, and, and it does <laughs> it it does it's sort of like it it changes your reality and it opens up to lots of scary stuff and and but but the reality is our history is. Fabulous, and there are, there is proof of so much out there that that we aren't taught about, and I I don't, I truly do not believe our government is protecting us. I do believe they are keeping us in the dark on purpose, and I can't figure out why. I really can't. Um, I'm sure that there there are, there is not only one organization, but there are probably three or four, each thinking they are the top of the tree, so to speak. And and everybody's manipulating everybody else. And it leaves us on, on the surface here wondering what's going on. But with this drilling of these tunnels, it's so deep that um, – and they're not using dynamite to explode or anything. It is—it is really more of a whirling sound, I am told. That—that um, that, um, you know, it—it's—it's it's phenomenal. It, I mean, just think okay, what it would do with transportation. On,
0: let's go off on on the the underground sounds where the facilities facilities have been uh, built, like the one we're talking about tonight. Um, yeah. They have heard explosions. They have felt explosions where they are actually building the facilities. That's different than building a tunnel. The tunnel, they can yeah. use that, that boring machine and, and, and uh, cruise through it. Now, we've had, um, what happens is, if I remember correctly, some of those uh, boring machines can like eat through like seven miles in a day which is pretty incredible when you think about it, if you're going through, you know, rock like we have here. And yeah. there was a um, more than one, but one lady comes to mind right now, and she and her husband were feeling, um, for like X amount of time, vibrations and grinding sounds coming from beneath their home. And... That was right along the route where we already had indications that there was a tunnel or a tunnel being built. So during the time that that boring machine was going beneath their home, they could hear it and feel it. And as soon as it went past them, well, then that was the end of that. So it kind of gives you an idea of how those kind of sounds, when the tunnels are being built, would be temporary. Also, uh-huh. the explosions, which seem to be where the facilities are actually being expanded underground, um, they, they're using explosive things for that to happen. Um, uh, one of the witnesses, more than one, but um, one in particular I'm thinking about, she went up to Hintugi Road, which is the closest you can get to this facility. It actually is a, 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 like a one-way road that uh, uh, goes along a ridge, so the facility has to be somewhere beneath that. And she heard uh, what she compared to uh, a bridge being built, and the pylons are being pounded. She could hear that sound beneath the ground. Uh, Another witness at another one of the facilities uh, was a retired um, sheriff from Florida, or assistant sheriff, and he um, was at one place here in the mountains and he could feel something and he put his ear up to one of the big rocks and he could hear mechanical or machinery operating down beneath the ground so you know there's been some really uh, good witnesses that I've been able to talk to when you're talking to former military and you're talking to you know a former sheriff and you're talking to the people who lived right above where some of this was happening. The witnesses have made this a very, very real reality. But with that said, I want to jump back to the humorous cover-ups. Um, okay. There were there were two um, men who worked at the fish hatchery in Cherokee, and it's fed by a creek or a stream that you know flows into it, and the flow of the water was stopping. So along this creek there is a single-lane dirt road uh, that parallels the the creek. And they went up this road thinking that maybe some beaver or something had clogged up the river. And when they got to the top, where there has always been a reservoir, the reservoir was dry. And there was a 50,000-gallon tank where the reservoir was, half buried in it, There were pipes going from that tank down into the ground. So they were diverting the water source to supply the facility beneath the ground. Now, when these two um, employees at the fish hatchery talked about this, they lost their jobs. But um, that's not particularly funny. But it's, it's very odd because they closed that road off for two years, uh, this high Tuga Road, and they said it was because there was a washout. Well, this is the same time that this reservoir was bone dry. So the reason for closing the road was totally bogus. And um, after um, this two-year period, when they opened up the road, it had been totally paved or repaved. And There was nothing wrong with the road, according to the people who lived in the area, and they speculated that heavy equipment had been used on that road, which can tear up a a simple road very easily, and that was Uh the reason they repaved it. But the ridiculous part is they're talking about a washout when there were no signs of flooding or washouts anywhere. So that's as bogus as the the, um, elk excuse. So they come up with some pretty... uh, Unbelievable things.
2: Well, we're supposed to—we're we're supposed to swallow it. We're supposed to say, "Oh, of course," you know. Mm-hmm. And I—I—I I, I, I think that the general public has hopefully come to the conclusion that the government just doesn't always tell the truth.
0: <laughs> As and a matter and of fact, but it, there's a down—there's a downside to that too. I mean, it's great that people are opening up their eyes and realizing we shouldn't swallow all this. At the same time, it seems to fertilize the whole field of conspiracies. And conspiracies have gone totally out of control. And people can cook up conspiracies every which way now. And uh, if you look at those, they're just as ridiculous as the bogus stories that the government tells us. And so people are just a little bit nuts trying to sort it all out.
2: I think you know you've got another article on um, your website that's uh, skyshipsovercashiers.com um, that does talk about rabbit holes and conspiracy theories. Oh,
0: that now that's something I don't normally do. That's under editor's corner, and I got totally yeah. annoyed um, with the conspiracy theories. And actually, that's the title I gave it. It conspiracy rabbit holes are everywhere. I put it on the editor's corner. Page because it it is me uh, spouting off.
2: Well, I think
0: you're spouting off. On the other, I don't do that on the the rest of it. I I absolutely try to be uh, as newspaper pure as possible. But um, I just got totally annoyed when
2: you succeed beautifully. And but
0: anyhow, that's the reason I put it on the editor's page.
2: Well, it's it's. I think, relevant to the times. Um, We're at a time where it's it's hard to know what's truth and what's not. Whether it has to do with COVID or it has to do with anything, it it gets to the point where you just don't know where to turn. And, And I guess the best advice to give anybody is to thoroughly research stuff before you freak out and make intelligent choices. Um, right. I I don't know what else you can say to people because um, there's so much craziness going craziness going on in this world that you know and everybody's aware we don't have all of the information and it's just a matter of you know where do you find the right information you can find lots of information you just not you don't know what the truth is right so. It's it's research and and make, you know, sensible choices and decisions and and. Don't get blackmailed or or jerked into a conspiracy theory and go crazy. Pay attention and and research the
0: information well, the is out there. The creepy thing right? is, the creepy thing is that they can use and I do not understand this. I just know that the word is algorithms on the internet can be used uh-huh. so that once you dive into one of these rabbit holes. Um, it will connect you with other things that support that rabbit hole, and then you'll find something else, and that supports this rabbit hole. And so then you begin to think, well, that must be the truth because I'm getting it everywhere. But that kind of information is being targeted to something you've done on the Internet. And so you have to break out of that pattern and and go in totally different directions uh, in your effort to search for what's really true.
2: Yeah, they don't make it easy on you anymore. No, but, we, but, you to, know, we, we've had, we
0: really have to work at it.
2: But but I think what, what is fascinating about your website is, is the material that you have on it, because I trust it. I trust that you have, to the best of your ability, investigated it before you've put it up there. And you don't make – you don't jump to conclusions. Oh. You just put it out there, and you let people do the jumping. And um, – that's what I love about your website. It's, it's, uh, you know, you can you can look at the different articles and you can make your own choices and and figure out, you know, just exactly what what is going on. Um, it, and I it, also try me, not
0: to just be negative all the time. I really, I mean, for example, along with the story that was posted um, yesterday about uh, the U.S. plan to nuke the moon, I have another one. Uh, which I know you're familiar with it because I took it from my book, and it's called Bigfoot and the Shetland Pony. And oh, yeah. I encourage that is just a sweet story. It makes you feel good. And um, so I try not to just do the uh, heavy-handed conspira- you know, conspiracies and bad news and all that. I try to mix it up. Um, I also have thrown in um, uh, like Navajo Wisdom, you know, not lengthy, but uh, I've connected with two um, uh, respected Native Americans and put some of their thought-provoking ideas out there, and they're uplifting. So, uh-huh. you know, I don't want people to think it's all just, um, you know, dark, heavy stuff because it isn't. And uh, oh gosh, no! Some of the some of the stuff that's being discovered out in the ethers. Is just incredible, and stuff that's being discovered. You know, in Antarctica. I mean, there's just it's truly incredible. Um,
2: I, it, I, I noticed the, um, the the in in, in article the the it appears to be actual cities that somebody discovered. Um, I mean, you're famous for being on the internet with Google Earth, and apparently. Is that where this lady found the uh outline of the of the really metropolis that she discovered
0: yeah, and that's 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 actually breaking news to the point where I've written articles uh, just yesterday and sent them off to uh different magazines because I want the story to get out there. It was just discovered on the eighteenth of September, so that's really really new and um the woman who she's really been Providing me with a lot of information. She is um uh really not that old, but at the age of 47, she had a, a stroke that almost killed her, so she is disabled.
2: Um, oh, this is the same lady, okay.
0: It's the same lady, and she um, has found an outlet for her time that's proving to be very productive. She has the time, which most of us don't feel like we have. Where she will meticulously start looking for things, and she had been looking for um, uh, signs of ancient life in Antarctica since last May or this past may, uh-huh. and on the eighteenth she found it and you can see you can see the walls of an ancient structure now, to put this in perspective, um, the Antarctica has been covered uh, in ice for. It depends on who you talk to. But at least twenty three million years, some say thirty four million years, that's a long time. So if things are now appearing because the ice is melting so fast, that stuff is really old. That's like uh-huh. in the millions of years old. Compare that to anything else we know, it's it's drastically different. I mean the um most people um uh, the authorities seem to think that the Great Pyramid was built, what, like 2,600 years ago, something in that range. Uh, not, uh-huh. I mean, in 26, no, I'm saying that wrong, in 2600 uh, BC, um, yeah. which is less than 5,000 years ago, if I'm doing math in my head quickly. I don't have my notes in front of me. And yeah. that's nothing. That's nothing to, compared to millions of years. So I am truly excited about this. Um, uh, discovery. And by to, by Friday that story will be updated. Right now it's at the top on the home page. Let me look at it here. It's on the home page, it's the third story from the top, uh on the right yeah. hand side. We're gonna update that on uh by Friday and it includes um the story of uh Mary Hall, who's the one who made this discovery. And um uh, I think people will find it really interesting. So wait until Friday, because then maybe the whole story will be there.
2: Well, you know, because there was a polar shift at one time, Antarctica was actually a, a tropical area. So it
0: absolutely was. I did a story, and I mean, I didn't originate the uh, the uh, research on this, and neither did Mary Hall, but researchers from a university found fossils that show all sorts of um, you know warm climate plant leaf uh, absolutely
1: fossils.
0: so now, yeah it's a, been quite a different place
2: there's there's also that canister that was found the 540 foot canister and god that that almost looks like it was military type stuff from from I don't know a satellite or something
0: well one of the uh, people who uh follows the Facebook page because we also have a Facebook page um, you know, where I put stuff up, you know, maybe every two or three days. And uh-huh. it was a very interesting response. Um, there is a um, Russian icebreaker that got lost or fell apart or whatever, and it's about, uh-huh. according to this person, about the same dimensions as this thing I call a canister. It could be that. You know we're yeah. not saying I don't make any conclusions in this article. It could be that it could be uh something agent that's rolled down this uh, avalanche uh, that you can also see in this photo um who knows
2: i mean it it looks um man made to me i oh, i don't yeah know why
0: absolutely it does. does
2: and and it 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 feels as though it's you know newer. It's it's not ancient. It doesn't feel like this is a UFO type thing at all. It feels like this is something of ours. It looks big and clunky enough so that it, it looks like it's probably something weak.
0: <laughs> I think that the Russian icebreaker might truly be uh, what that is. I don't know. Um, perhaps I can dig into that deeper and do an update on that story. But right now, this is all I know.
2: Or a submersible of some sort that got caught and swept out or something like that it it, in other words it looks like there's a really real explanation for this one this is not a mystery this is just something that hasn't been identified yet um but uh yeah i mean your website always has such fascinating material on it that that like i said earlier it it makes one want to um check it out and what i love about your um google earth stuff you give the latitude and longitude so people can actually you know put it into their google earth and go and check out what you found and um it, it makes it makes for a very exciting time and and you know so long as we have internet until somebody does an evp and wipes us all out um or ep I, evp yeah um it, it's 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 fascinating because you've found stuff on Mars, you've found stuff on the moon, and you've absolutely found a tremendous amount of stuff on in antarctica so that so that it's amazing you know it's it's amazing material you can do research right from your own home and you'd be close to the bathroom in the kitchen so you know without having to you know put on a parka so it uh, right.
0: this is really great for those who uh, of us like myself who really find uh, archaeology um fascinating, um, but there's no way I'm going to be able to go down to Antarctica and, you know, even survive in that cold, let alone dig around. So this is really um, a nice way to be able to to really be an archaeologist from your own computer. And, uh, yeah, and- the re- one of the reasons that I put the uh, coordinates there is because we live in a time when so many people get some kind of kick out of creating bogus... Um, Uh, Photoshop uh, images and so if I give people the coordinates they can go find things for themselves Um, occasionally when I have tapped into something that they don't want people to know about uh, it will be uh, blurred out from the time that I see it originally Um, Uh in one case when I found an entrance into Antarctica Uh, when I went back to it like a day or two later, it's like somebody spilled India ink all over it so you couldn't find it again. So sometimes, uh, well, that also tells me a lot. That tells me that's an active inference and they don't want you to know about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing that fascinated me with your new stuff is the prehistoric little people dwellings in India. I wonder, you know, they could be for little people, but they could be Stone Age dog houses, too. Um,
0: <laughs> but there's so many of them. I just can't imagine they would build that for that many dogs. So
2: Probably, I, I, probably not, but, but, you know, it, <laughs> if, it, but, but stop and think. You know, they had domesticated dogs by then. Um, they were probably sleeping in the caves, keeping people warm, however. Um, but, Are you familiar but, um, with the term
0: from Australia about a free dog night?
2: No. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually. In, case, some, in I, case
0: somebody doesn't know about it, there was a song a long time ago called Three Dog Night, and it was because of the old Australian saying when it was really cold, you had a dog on each side and one on top of you to keep warm. So it was a three-dog yeah. night.
2: I was at a boyfriend's house once for a weekend, and we had an ice storm, and I had my dog with us, and we were sleeping on the floor in the living room by the fireplace, and I realized. When he cuddled up to my dog, it was like, "Ah, one dog night <laughs> <laughs> it 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 made a great deal of sense then <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no no no, but the you know you you have what I love is you have pictures, you have the story, and then you turn it loose and let people's imaginations go from there, and that has to take a tremendous amount of Expertise and restraint, all at the same time. You know, you, you, you. you I, I sometimes I get the feeling that you want to say something more, but you can't validate it, so you don't.
0: Well, there's two reasons I don't do it. One, it might be that. Uh, another reason is I realize that most people are busy, or and or have very short attention spans, and so I use photos and I try to be as condensed as I can. So I'm constantly making myself try to write in a brief form, um, because otherwise you lose half the people.
2: That's true. That's true. And that's why your books are so fabulous. Um, the book about Bigfoot, um, Bigfoot Beyond the Footprints, I think, is, it, is the title of the book. It's my mm-hmm. favorite yes. of all the books you've written. <clears throat> and it's the one that I've if given people to,
0: If people want to get a hint of it, this story that I uh, posted yesterday, Bigfoot and the Shetland Pony, Go to Skyship Silver Cashers and read that. You'll get a feel of um, what a little bit of what that book is like.
2: Oh, it's the sweetest book ever. I mean, it's it's just I cried. It was so sweet. And yeah, you know, I, I I have and I've read your other books too, and they're really good. But but the Bigfoot book um, just touched my heart. It, um, it, was, yeah. it was it was it was presenting Bigfoot in. A loving sweet manner so that so that you know it, it's so long as you don't it, it's kind of like you don't you don't infringe upon them and they won't infringe upon you and you know it feels to me and especially because they've even been known to help people that were that were hurt or needed help I mean you know they they aren't monsters they they're, they have hearts and they have families and there's a kindness about them that is just so genuine. It's wonderful. And, um, and I'm not saying go into the woods and, you know, if, if somebody's beating on the trees and throwing rocks at you, don't, don't go. I come in peace, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> realize you have gone someplace you need, you don't need to go. But people who live in the area where Bigfoots are and they, they, they don't, um, you know, they share their gardens with them. They, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful friendship so so but they only the make friend, they book.
0: only make friends with people that are um, kind-hearted, uh, people yeah. who um, you know are hostile, people who are angry, people who uh, carry <laughs> guns, people that you know they they will not warm up to you. They will try to avoid you at all at all costs.
2: but and if people sweetener- are trying to hunt
0: them to have the proof that they exist. You better believe they're not going to hang around and let, let you do that.
2: Oh, Lord, no. But, but your Bigfoot book is the sweetest book ever, and, and I highly recommend it to people. I, it's a book I would share with children. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Thank I mean, you. I mean, I love your Jesus it. book, too. I love your little people book. I, I love the, um, the, the tunnel book, the military book, but, but Bigfoot, oh, my favorite.
0: Thank you appreciate (laughs) it
2: oh you're so welcome i mean but but your website also um you've been doing it for a number of years and all of the archives are here and the archives go back to forever and
0: um uh, let me clarify that because people are going to think they're going to go back into the last century um (laughs) we started this web we started the website in 2008 and even to this day there's the archives, and each one, each section has its own archives. Even to this yeah. day, people will find stuff that's brand new to them back in you know from years ago.
2: Absolutely, but you know, come on, 2008, 18, 19, 20, twenty. All right, so that's that's thirteen, fourteen years. That's that's a lot, and and you still keep coming up with new stuff, and. You know, it, it's you can you can follow a thread through through time on, on you know a lot of the topics that you've gone back and you've expanded upon and you've expanded upon. And certainly, the the ET stuff um, has become more and more intriguing. The Dr. von Braun uh, material is fascinating. I mean, if you go back to 2008 and you look at the material there. Um, It's it's,
0: not as involved, because we started out, um, and that's the reason we have the name Skyships over Cashers. We started out uh, with the fact that there were an unusual number of UFOs that were being seen over this mountaintop town called Cashers. But, uh you know, that seems like baby stuff now, because, you know, we've gone, we continue to expand on this whole thing. So this... As this website grows, as I grow, as the audience grows, um, you know, it just simply evolves and includes and includes so much more.
2: Well, and you put things out in a, in a brilliant manner so that people can read it and chew on it and talk about it and and you know they don't have to you know, they don't have to put their glasses on and sit and read for hours, although. That has happened to me any number of times in your archives. Um, you know, you just want to see what else is there on certain topics. And certainly, you know, the Antarctic material has fascinated me, you know, for, for a ton of years. And, and you know, back to Admiral Berg and, and Operation High Jump and all of that stuff. So, But you've got – you you touch on – so many different topics in different ways and aspects, and then as you have evolved in your investigations, you add to it, and it's it's amazing material. It truly is, and I just noticed the time, and we're out. Um.
0: Well, it's always a joy to talk to you. You're very uh, very kind with your compliments. I appreciate that, and uh, uh, just a reminder: let the uh, let everyone know that uh, go back and read the Antarctic story. Um, you know, maybe the weekend because uh, I would love everybody to uh, uh, learn a little bit more about Mary Hall, who's really finding some fantastic stuff, and she's finding more, which we will share with people. Um, oh, that's so exciting. But anyhow, by Saturday, it definitely should be up.
2: Okay. I will make sure I right. check it out. And, okay. And um, everybody, Mary's website is skyshipsovercashiers.com. Um, this will be up on YouTube and and Um, rumble as well and um, stay tuned we will be back next month with more fascinating material and um, thank you Mary so much for being with me tonight
0: thank you, you have a good evening
2: you too, good night everybody check check us out on YouTube Um, and if you like what you see and hear please subscribe because that's how we know you're listening good night now